I want to start <clears throat> kind of picking up where I left off on Wednesday. Wednesday was kind of a heavy show, and I'm sorry, but it was a it's it was a very um, it was a very traumatizing day. On Wednesday, you have a shooter, Frank James, who opens fire in a subway car after uh, unleashing a smoke bomb and smoking out, shooting at, and generally terrorizing the people in a New York subway. A few months back, you had a guy in his car drive through a Christmas parade, injuring dozens and killing, I think, about five. Currently in Ukraine, acts of genocide, terror, indiscriminate looting, raping, and pillaging, and other horrors of war are being inflicted on a people who have done nothing to deserve it. It is the greed of a larger, more powerful nation and is subjecting Ukrainians to horrific conditions. A few years ago, a kid shot up his school in Florida. We're still feeling the reverberations of that one. It's one of the worst shootings of that type in our nation's history, but they're becoming a little more frequent. We're seeing more of these school shootings. It won't be long before we see another. A man walked up to a baseball field in Washington, D.C. and opened fire on Republican politicians. Another man, before that, approached the Family Research Center in Georgia with the intent of killing people inside and shoving Chick-fil-A sandwiches in their mouths afterwards. In New York, and the man who drove his car through a parade in Tennessee, a little digging discovered that those two men were black nationalists who had avowed some pretty racist uh, ideologies against white people. In Ukraine, like I said, the greed of a larger nation and an army that wants to wield its power and terror over the population it's invading. Not too long ago, a black man died while a police officer held his knee over the man's throat as he begged for him to stop, that he couldn't breathe. Elsewhere, two men ambushed and killed a black man in Georgia. The man who shot up the baseball field in Washington, D.C., the man who tried to assassinate the folks at the Family Research Center, were leftists, avowed leftists. The man who tried to assassinate Gabby Giffords at a, at, a, at, a, at a press event was a man who was guided by far-left socialist ideology. And there have been some people with some far-right ideologies that have pushed for some pretty extreme things and have done some pretty extreme things. I'm not just blaming this on one side or another. Each and every time one of these things happens, we try to rationalize and try to find an ideology or political belief or something that can help explain why this person did what they did. We look for a rationale to point to. In our minds, in our psychology, our urge is to rationalize and come up with the reason as to why. Because the absence of that is so deeply unsettling to us psychologically, we can't accept it. But it is 
what it is. It's true that we live in an era of increased mental health crises, one after another. And our instinct is to rationalize and interpret these actions because that's our coping mechanism. We do not like to acknowledge that. It deeply unsettles us to acknowledge that sometimes we are simply looking into the face of evil. And I mentioned that on Wednesday. Evil is far more frightening than just a bad person. A bad person just has bad motivations. We can understand them a bit, and we can come to terms with the fact that the villain just took a wrong turn. But when there is just evil, we desperately seek the logic behind it. We try to find the reasons behind the evil acts a truly bad person commits. And when that person is just evil and we can't find any reasons behind it, that's unnerving. But that's what evil is. It exists for the purpose of existing, and that's it. It's a heavy topic, but we have to confront in our society. We're not healthy mentally, socially, culturally. We're not in a healthy place. When we've let go of our guiding lights, when we've let go of the idea that people we don't like or agree with are still human, we arrive at the point we're at right now. And that brings us to today. Around 2,000 years ago today, a supreme act of good was accomplished that was meant to help us through times like these. It's Good Friday. It's the day Jesus died on the cross. We celebrate this because it was the victory of God over death. As tragic as the death of Jesus Christ was, we celebrate his death because it was ultimately a victory over death and sin. In his greatest act on earth, Jesus brought us back into communion with God. But it only happened because his life on earth was diminished in the eyes of those who saw him as a threat. Evil exists. It was evil that turned Christ over to Pilate. It was evil that crucified him. But it was a sacrifice in the name of love that turned all those evil acts into redemption for the rest of us. I want to read a segment from my buddy Eric Erickson, who uh, every Good Friday, his radio show is solely focused on Good Friday. I'm, I'm not an evangelical writer. I'm not a very good evangelical Christian. But there are sometimes I just kind of bring this stuff up because it fits into the larger theme of the day. Innocent of any crimes, Pilate tried to let the man go. But the crowd would not be placated, and Pilate decided to let the crowd choose between freeing Jesus or an insurrectionary named Barabbas. The crowd chose Barabbas. The Roman historian Tacitus later recorded that Christus, the founder of the name, had undergone the death penalty in the reign of Tiberius by sentence of the procurator Pontius Pilate, and the pernicious superstition of his divinity was checked for a moment. The Romans nailed Jesus of Nazareth to a cross. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther said that there on that cross, the greatest sinner that ever would live breathed his last and died. The sky went dark, the ground quaked, the curtain in the Jewish temple tore in half, most believing it was an act of vandal. The first person of the Trinity turned his back on the second person of the Trinity, and even the sun refused to shine on Christ as the sins of mankind, past, present, and future, were placed on him to satisfy God's wrath. The curtain tore because Emmanuel was with us. We no longer were separated from God by the veil. Christ restored us to God. It's important 
All of this is important because evil, as I mentioned, exists. Jesus could have walked away from this. Most people forget this point. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he begged God to take the burden of what he would endure off his shoulders. It pained him. The weight of what he had to carry was unbearable, and he begged God to take it from him. In a moment of weakness, Jesus was terrified of his own future. On the cross, he cried out, asking God why he had abandoned him. These are very human moments of weakness, but ones that he endured because it was for the good of all. That one good, that one act, restored all of us, including the ones who commit acts of evil into the world today. It allows for us to succumb to the darkness, or for those of us who succumb to the darkness, to find a path home in this life or the next. Make no mistake, the death of Jesus is a celebration because it was our salvation, and it was victory over death and sin that was won that day. But redemption will not come if we as a society don't reinstitute a belief in the equality of life. And that is what is most painful about the political moment that we're in right now. We have devalued and dehumanized those that we're opposed to. Those we disagree with. When we no longer see them as living equals, we're more likely to treat them as expendable. When you dehumanize or devalue somebody's life, you make the choice to kill someone a lot easier. They are expendable. How can Frank James open fire on people in a subway? He did not value them as human beings. He did not value them as equal. How could the evil of slavery that persisted all through world history and as one of the, the many pillars of shame of, the, of American history, one that we have tried so hard to overcome. How can slavery happen in the way it happened in the United States? It happens when you devalue the life of someone who's different. How can a man take a gun to a baseball field where Republicans are practicing for a congressional baseball game and open fire unless you did not see them as human because they were the enemy. How can abortion be viewed as a human right unless you've devalued the life of the child inside the womb? These are acts of evil. And they are evil because we have devalued the life that is attached to the person that we are seeking to destroy. The arguments for abortion are the same as the arguments for slavery. When you treat the slave or the fetus as property, when you do not give it the value of human life, you're more comfortable doing those things. And as a dark stain, on our history as a society that we allow these things to happen. 
when you devalue life so much that you can talk yourself into driving a car through a Christmas parade. That's evil. You have devalued human life, and that is what evil is. Evil is the devaluation of life. It moves us beyond treating one another with kindness and equality. Evil devalues one life for the sake of another. And we live in a society that values the self over the other time and time and time again. But on this day, a little over 2,000 years ago, a man died on a cross. And that death was so impactful that we still talk about it today. It wasn't just some come-again cult that came and went with history. It has persisted. It is still the fastest-growing religion in the world. Because this one man did something extraordinary. He sacrificed himself to the mob. He sacrificed himself to evil to save all of the rest of us, those who believe in him and those who didn't, to save all the people of the world, past, present, and future, out of love. And he bore the sin that we're born with and the sin that we commit on his shoulders all to help us live. But that sacrifice is in vain when a society devalues human life for political reasons or for selfish reasons, for reasons of greed, lust, you name it. That is the great evil. Today, good wins. It is Good Friday. But that victory is moot if we don't start treating that victory as it was meant to be treated. 